This is Two Guys in a Bible. This is a weekly conversation on theology, culture, and God's word. I am here today as I am here most days as Dylan Keniston. I mean, one day you I identify as Dylan today. I identify as Dylan today. One day I might not. I don't know when I when I die I'm in heaven. I don't know. I'll still. We'll I'll, have to talk about. We'll have that. to talk about that. Yeah. It's like we still know your first name. Anyway, I am joined <laughs> by the the thoughts that come up. We we highly recommend it. Uh, joined by Eric Leupold. How you doing this afternoon, brother? I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Very good. Very good. Well, so today we're. We're going to be touching on a topic that, you know, it's funny, like we've had a number of conversations about this in the last like week. And, you know, we've we've tried to uh, sharpen this point or that point. But I think at the end of the day, we, we pretty much fall on the same. We land in the same place with this. Um, and by chance, by chance. <laughs> I'm going to play these jokes all day. I know. I'm doing all these. You got to tell them why, though. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, today we're talking about gambling. Yeah. We're, is it right? Don't bet on it. We flipped the coin, flipped and Dylan the coin. Just, <laughs> is going to be leading the conversation yeah, exactly. on gambling. So, uh, all so I can do this all day, All man. the puns, all exactly. So, so, but it is a serious topic, right? So when we're talking about gambling, it's, a, it's a, you know, on the one hand— Well, do you want to share why that, it came up, do you, or do you not feel comfortable right now? Well, so, well, it came up because um, there's someone who—you know, I, I'm not going to reveal this person's yeah. identity, but there was someone who— um, we both know and, and care for, you know, a very, very uh, near and dear person um, who was in a commercial for a uh, for a casino. Now, I, I don't even think it initially that this person knew that it was for a casino. I think this person was just like, oh, hey, here's an opportunity, you know, to be in a commercial. Um, and and it just so happened that, you know, they per you know, here it was a casino. And at the same point in time, I know someone very close to my family who works for a casino. Yeah, yeah, that's, so, that's right. So yeah. we had this good conversation going on when we started talking about, hey, we both know individuals very close to us that are that got involved, yeah, in uh, indirectly working with casinos. Exactly, and and so what was interesting was this person uh, shared a little bit about the experience with me after the fact, and one of the things that this person reported was like, you know, at first this person was like, didn't really have a any kind of moral qualm about doing a commercial for a casino. This person was like, well, you know, I've, I've been to a casino before. This person is not, you know, addicted to gambling in any kind of way, but oh, they, yeah. but they had uh, gambled before at, you know, at a casino, just kind of like, Hey, I got 50 bucks. And once it's gone, that's it. You know, that was my evening of entertainment and that was it. And then it didn't um, necessarily like grab this person. So they didn't really like think twice about it. Um, but it was interesting after, uh, after the, f the filming portion was finished, this person came back and and reported uh, was sharing about the experience with me and was just sharing about like how how um how did this person put how like they didn't use precisely this these these words but it was like how tragic it is how heavy the air was mm -hmm. with like not just like smoke um but what was interesting was the commercial was trying to portray the casino as like um uh, this youthful, vibrant place with these young, attractive people who are going and you know playing the slots. And this person got there. And it was it was very very uh, dreary. There were there were like almost no um, th there were almost no young people there. Most of the people who were there were were elderly. This person reported and um, and it was it was kind of sad to watch. Nobody was talking to each other. They were just kind of sitting and pulling the lever and and you know yeah. waiting for the dings to happen. Yeah. And you know. 
it was it was a bit of a depressing context. And the per, the person came back to me and basically said, I, yeah, I don't think I would do that again because it was just not mm-hmm. it was not something that like I, it didn't feel right. It didn't sit mm-hmm. right. Um, so anyway, so that's some of the context. And then you shared that well, you have yeah. a family member who yeah, I have a family member who, who who works on the slot machines yeah. for for casinos and uh, just yeah, he was sharing about some of the record profits that the casino was bringing in mm-hmm. and you know talking about it in a very positive light and a part of me felt felt sad about that um i used to live in las vegas myself i've been stationed out there in the mil- with the military and uh, i've been to casinos before and i remember there was this one casino we were we were uh we were staying there my unit was staying there for an exercise that we were having at uh, at, uh, at one of the bases there uh and they ha- that casino had um bring your paycheck night it was a, it was like a friday evening and I remember seeing just lines of people almost out the door bringing their paycheck directly to the casino. And if basically if you brought your paycheck, you would get some bonus chips. So the casino was offering to cash your check, your, your paycheck directly and give you bonus chips if you come to them with your paycheck. And it was just very disheartening to see how many people were just coming on a Friday to do that. Yeah. Uh, just lined up out the door. And I was like, man, that's... That really breaks my heart to see that. Mm. So that's kind of how Dylan and I got in the conversation. So we wanted to to talk about it today. Yeah, yeah. and like it's it's an interesting conversation that we've been having. And I don't necessarily, you know, by the intro and and forgive me, I I don't mean to like make light of it because I know that this is something that is, um, you know, an addiction for a lot of for people, a lot of people out there. Yeah, and and it really can be a struggle. You know, I've I've known individuals, um, and you know who uh, who have this this addiction and it really can grab them and you know I will I'll share a personal experience so um, I've been to a casino twice in my life um, uh, forgive me <laughs> I've been but, there several times myself I actually struggled yeah well it. so this was interesting so the first time I went I, you yeah. know because so I have some family members who have been to casinos a number of times yeah and they and they themselves are not like they don't consider themselves like addicted to gambling then and i believe them i don't think they're addicted and basically what they said well how they they counseled me was look um and they're not christian by the way but they said look um you you go in with however much money you think you want to spend on a a certain night and expect to lose it you gotta you got 50 bucks you got 100 bucks you know if you were going to go to I don't know, see a movie or go to dinner or something like that. Just expect to lose the money. And then you go mm-hmm. and you part with it. So the first time I went, I I, I lost. And, and that was, you know, I was like, That's okay, almost always the case. There it is. It's <laughs> almost lose. always the case. There it is. <laughs> yeah, generally yeah. speaking, you lose. Well, so I, so I didn't really think twice about it. So the second time I go, I, I won a little bit. And I forget how much. I, it was not like a massive amount of money. It was like a couple hundred dollars. But I did win. And then I, but then when that happened, I remember like, I had never felt that before where it was like, cause I'm not a gambling guy. Like I don't like play the lottery or anything like that. But I remember that what that felt like was like, I bet I could do it again. I bet I can do it again. Mm-hmm. And you just, and, and you pull it and you pull it. You're like, and you lose a little bit, lose a little bit, but then you win. Lose a little bit, lose a little bit, then you, you win. win. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's this pattern that like it's like three you. steps back, one step forward. Exactly, exactly. And at the end of it, I had won like a couple hundred dollars. And at the end of the night, I think I walked out like minus sixty bucks or fifty bucks or mm-hmm. something like that, like beyond what I had come to intend to lose. Mm-hmm. And so I actually went to go get more money. So like after that, I remember going to dinner after the fact, and I just felt like so I'm not saying that this is, has to be the case for everybody, but like for me, I felt like I, I repented because I was like, 
it felt so it wrong. Bad. It yeah. felt so bad. Like it felt dirty. And I just, I just personally, right. And I just had never, I had never felt that. I mean, obviously I'd felt bad before I'd felt remorse. I had felt like I had done something wrong, but I hadn't felt that kind of wrong or that kind. It was like I had been had, I had been sucked in and, and grabbed and I just wanted to do it again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had never felt like that, but like the loss of control. Yeah. Even, even in like past times when like, I, you know, I was like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Or if I had sinned in something or I was like, well, I, I, I knew that I kind of felt in control still, but this I didn't. So that was, that was remarkable. So since then I was like, you know, that it's like, it's a little bit like playing with fire. Like, even if you think it's, it's okay, it's just, wow. Like you just have to be super careful. And it's very hard to control uh, my own experience. My game of choice was craps, which is dice rolling game where you, you bet on certain numbers. And then when that number hits, you usually win some money and you think that you can mathematically um, beat the odds. And if you think through it and have a good strategy, that you'll win and that you'll that you'll overcome and I I fell into that trap you know after losing uh, several hundred I thought that I could win it back through the proper strategy but it actually never works that way and there's reasons for that because the way the system is set up the way the casino pays out money you're always on the uh, the uh, the losing end there uh, even if you have moments of victory so anyways that being said uh, you know for those listening Dylan and I have some experience in this. Uh, family, we have family members uh, that have experience with this. So the question is, A, what is gambling? Okay, what does the Bible say about it? And how should Christians uh, uh, approach the issue? And, it, you know, I was trying to boil it down to its most simplistic definition. And here's, you know, you can, uh, you know, give me some feedback on this, Dylan. But uh, I, I've described gambling as the quick accumulation of wealth through chance essentially the, the the attempt to accumulate wealth through chance quickly i don't know if that's in, you know the only thing i think i would add to that is yeah. in a zero-sum context okay in a zero-sum context i okay. think that's the only thing i would and add we definitely that. will touch on that yeah, yeah aspect yeah. in a little bit okay so fair enough so that's a good working definition to go with here okay now so when you this would be so now now let's take a look at what some what the scriptures say about it. Well, if you do a search for the word gamble, you're not going to find it. I don't believe you will. I've I've searched myself in uh, ESV. Nope. I searched for the word gamble. It's not in it's not in the Bible. Now does that mean that the Bible has nothing to say about gambling? Well, no. It has to say about profit, accumulating wealth, and work. So. It seems, and uh, we'll bring up a couple passages here, that the Bible has a, makes a strong connection between work and the accumulation of wealth or, or the giving of, of profit. So, and you'll, we find a lot of this in the Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs speaks a lot about, about work. Mm. Um, so, for example, uh, let me bring up uh, Proverbs 12, uh, verse 11. Proverbs 12, 11, I'm using the uh, English Standard Version here. Uh, whoever works his land will have pr- plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. Okay. Uh, and then another one that's fairly, uh, maybe even more applicable is uh, Proverbs thirteen eleven. Uh, wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. Um, uh, and then there's uh, one more I wanted to throw out. Proverbs 28, verses 22. 
A stingy man hastens after wealth and does not know that poverty will come upon him. Now, what you can deduce from these passages uh, and other passages throughout Scripture is that you know, God has designed humans to work. Uh, we, see, we see this back in, back in Genesis. You know, God creates Adam and Eve. He puts them in the garden. They are to take dominion. They are to um, tend the garden, to keep it, uh, to do all manner of, of things. So, you know, essentially the very first uh, job in all of humanity is gardening, farming, gardening, uh, cultivating, things like that, which involves working with your hands. Uh, in, in general, there a lot of a lot of work there, um, and all throughout Scripture, uh, God's people are called to work. Uh, on six days you labor, on the seventh you rest. God gives that to the people of Israel. Uh, they are to work the land uh, properly, and there's many rules uh, given regarding, uh, you know, uh, how one treats their neighbor. You know, not stealing property, paying wages on time. Uh, uh, the person earns their, their uh, the, the profits of their labors, things like that. Um, so it doesn't seem like the Bible gives much much credence or much um, uh, affirm, uh, affirmation of getting wealth quickly without doing any kind of work. Uh, what, what thoughts do you have on that? What else you might want to add to that? Well, um, I, I would say the other thing, too, is that there, there are... Um, there's this notion of stewardship, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, we work for uh, the income that we have, um, or uh, others may work for uh, us for the income that we have. So we may employ others, right? So mm -hmm. there's some kind of work being done, uh, and you know we'll come back to the zero sum point too. But I think yeah. the, another thing to touch on is this notion of this notion of stewardship, right? That like whatever you have, right? In one sense. So there, there is a sense in which everything belongs to God, right? That's true. First and foremost, you know, it, it, God says, if I were hungry, would I turn to you? The cattle on a thousand hills are mine. Like everything belongs to God. Mm -hmm. um, and and so insofar as we have, uh, and, and I do believe that that is, I don't think that that contradicts the notion of private property, right? Because you, you still have the eighth commandment, right? Thou shalt not steal. Mm -hmm. And so... Implicit in that is this notion that within the realm of everything belonging to God, there are some to whom God has given to be uh, stewards of certain pieces of property, right? And that includes money. That includes wealth. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think there are a couple of places like, you know, you think of the parable of the talents, mm -hmm. right? Where there is expected on the Lord's return that we will have been good stewards with what he has given us. We also read... Uh, and that's in in Matthew uh, twenty five fourteen mm -hmm. and 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 following. Then there's also also Luke sixteen, uh, you know ten. One who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. One who is dishonest in very little is dishonest in much. And there's this notion that you know when the Lord comes back and we are inspected, kind of what we did with our with our giftedness is inspected. It will be, it will be expected that we will have been good stewards of that. And and part of that is finances. I yeah, um, but so. I can see that someone might say, well. Okay, guys, but is it is it is it good stewardship to go see a movie in a theater? You know, do you really need to go see that show, mm. um, and and spend that twenty thirty dollars, mm. or is it is it necessary for you to go out to eat and get that dessert, get that that cake or ice cream? You know, is that a being a good steward? Mm. So, so yeah, so I would say how do you respond to that? Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm glad you asked that. So. 
number so i will give a response to that before i do um anyone someone can err on two sides of this issue right mm -hmm. someone could err on the side of saying i'm i'm never going to spend a dime i'm always going to you know uh, I'm, I'm never going to go eat ice cream i'm never going to go see a movie ever 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 nothing unnecessary nothing unnecessary yeah. right pb and j at most you know beans and franks so an austere I, spartan lifestyle yes right? exactly right um and on the other hand you could have just opulence spending mm -hmm. through the nose that just is high-handed at god with respect to stewardship um the danger in our context is the latter not the former by and large okay. right okay. so like in american society and in the and in the west and, and that's a cultural comment right that's not necessarily saying that something is you know amiss uh in the church or, or that mm -hmm. we're not temperate you know we that we lack temperance i mean and maybe we do in some contexts but as just my how what i'm seeing personally right it seems that we uh are overspending right there are some pretty dreary statistics about what uh americans have saved for retirement there are even drearier statistics about how much debt we are in as a nation and as families that we just go into we spend what we don't have right so the danger that i see is the the that side of things on the other hand I do think that it's important, and this actually I think ties into that zero sum point, when it is helpful to know that like in our, there are legitimate goods and services that are offered in a, in a free market context, right? So if I go and I watch this movie, now there may be some movies that out of Christian conscience you, you watch. don't watch. Yeah. Well, and, but the reason, the reasons you don't watch them are multifaceted. It's not just that it somehow compromises your personal testimony because you know let's say there's a um a scene that you know very you, inappropriate very inappropriate scene that you can't look at without somehow dishonoring your spouse right just for example mm -hmm. well that has personal effect but it also has broader social effect right because when you pay to see such a movie you're going to the producer of that film or the makers of that movie the people who put money into it and you're saying thank you for that Thank you for putting out this content, right? So the money that you spend is is going to work to invest in ultimately creating more such content yeah. because that's what sells, right? Yeah. Um, so, but now take it outside of that context. Let's say I go and I see if you know a, a movie that that's you know I don't know it's family friendly or you know maybe it doesn't even have to be a movie because that can be charged. We go to, well maybe we go for for ice cream. Yeah. Or we go out to uh, a restaurant or something like that. Um, now, in that context, if you know you're you're essentially going to pay, you're paying for a meal, but more than that, you're also paying the wages of the employees of the establishment. You're paying for uh, ultimately, I don't know, the, the tip of the server, the tip, the, the wages of the dishwashers and of the chefs. Um, you're in one sense, you're keeping the economy going. Now, that's assuming you have the money to spend. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's the first thing. But now, if if you have some uh, some income that is earmarked wisely and carefully for discretionary expenses, such as going out to a movie um, or or the like, then yeah, then there's within reason. There's I think that there's some room for that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And and I would say likewise in in scripture. You know, like. Um, 
I, not to like uh, bleed the conversation into uh, questions on alcohol use, but you know, there's you know, wine gladdens the heart of a man. So, so like in one sense, somebody has to pay for that wine that's going to gladden the heart of the one who's drinking yeah. it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so all over in Scripture, there are plentiful examples of people who raise up businesses, raise up economies, and there are those who participate in that. And and you know, who needs wine to live? And and yet yeah. Timothy will, or uh, Paul will say, you know, hey. Have have some wine, and and also other other contexts in which it's okay to have a celebration. Just even the the prodigal son, where the king has that fattened calf set aside, yeah, for this for such an occasion, exactly. And then he's like, "Let's have a party." My son has returned. Yeah. So, you know, is a party necessary? Like, do you physically have to have a fattened calf to survive? Well, well, no, but. That's, it's, a, it's not a sin to celebrate something wonderful and glorious, like right. a wedding, for instance, as well. In fact, there's a wedding supper of the Lamb. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, 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 yeah, exactly. So I think, I mean, you know, forcing yourself to live the lifestyle of a monk is not required, mm-hmm. you know. But so I guess, Now, that doesn't mean possessions can't be a, a trap to the soul. That's true. They absolutely can be. Yeah. And, and spending can be that yeah. trap as well. So let's say, so. now let's take this idea, and let's say, you know, a person comes up to you and says, okay, I've listened to what you guys have said so far. I've earmarked uh, uh, $50 a month, and I'm not, sac- you know, I'm still able to, to give to the church and, and uh, take care of my family and, and take care of my needs, but I've earmarked 50, bu- 50 bucks a month to go to the casino and just you know, I plan to lose it. I don't plan to use any any more beyond that, and I'm just going to play the slots and see what happens. Can I do that? I would counsel against it. Okay. Personally, Why? well, so be- because it's it's at that point patterned behavior, right? So so I would ask, you know, can that fifty dollars be more wisely either spent or invested elsewhere? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for, people talk about the the stock market, for example, as if it's gambling. Um, and I, I know some people treat it like some that. people treat it like that. Yeah, that's true. That is true. It's a good point. Like, and when they say that, I know what they mean, and it, and it can be that for some. But but I think w- there is a key difference that's worth teasing out when we're talking about, let's say, investing, which is what I might counsel such a person with this fifty dollars extra that they're planning on going to the casino with. Um, I might counsel them to invest it, and you say, how is that different? Well. When you're investing, when you're when you're purchasing equity, or if, let's say if you're maybe you're purchasing debt. So in this case, let's let's stick with equity because debt as an instrument works a little bit differently. If I'm if I'm purchasing equity, if I'm purchasing ownership in something, then that is helping to create wealth. Like if so, here's the thing about gambling, right? If I go in and I have this fifty dollars and I put it down on the table, then it's at that point it's a zero sum game. What I mean by that is. Somebody wins and somebody loses, and the winner wins at the loser's expense. Yeah. Right? Yes. Now, contrast, if I put that same $50 to work in a stock, uh, let's say of a company that I like or okay. that I believe in or that I believe does good work. Let's say Disney or something like that. Take your pick. Yeah, take yeah. your pick. Okay. If you have this, if you put $50 down, now let's say that stock gains value. Well, at that point, my winning is not at someone else's expense. Mm. Now, I know that that's a controversial point, but I, I, I think I can defend that, right? Like, I, I think mm-hmm. at the end of the day, wealth, as we think of it, and, and, and the economy and, and money that's gen- – like, this is not a zero-sum game, that's right? True. Wealth can be created. Wealth is not a fixed pie 
that certain people get slices of. And, and if I get a bigger slice, it's because it's at the expense of someone, someone else's, else's slice. Yeah. It, it doesn't work that way. So if I invest in some company and, they, and the share, the value of that share increases, then wealth is being created. We all win because mm -hmm. the perceived value of that equity stake has, has increased. Mm -hmm. It's not come at someone else's expense. Mm -hmm. I think a good example of, of how, just taking it to the very basic level of farming, how wealth can be produced. And I think a good example of this is the idea, and I think I mean, Jesus uses this analogy, he's speaking more about the gospel, yeah. but the parable of the sower, where you sow the seed and you get 40, 60, 100 fold yield mm -hmm. right so in that example your investment of you know from, from the farming perspective of, a, of one seed or a couple seeds leads to the production of much fruit yeah and that fruit you sell you give you or you know people consume and it actually it, it its value is greater than the value of the of the one seed like yeah. one seed is is so inexpensive but one seed can produce how much stuff and we see that in in the parable of the minas the parable yeah. of the talents where, where jesus is saying look i give you the five you make five more i give you the two you make two more and when you don't make that profit when you're not increasing that that wealth jesus says look you could have at least put it in the bank and gained Gain some interest. interest yeah right so so like i, I he didn't say you could have gambled you could have put it all in black and i would at least <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so like like so back to your person right if somebody came to me and asked me that i would probably counsel well one of the first things you want to gauge is where's the heart at right so i, I, I what i don't too, yeah because yeah. what i don't want to say is if you, you know you got a, a group of five friends together and you you want to have a, a poker men's night, poker night men's poker night yeah and the buy-in is like five, I don't bucks. Know, five bucks yeah i'm just making something up but like you know i i don't want to say that such a person who participates in that is necessarily and in every instance sinning now they may be even in that context sure. but i think the question that it boils down to is what's the intent what is the intent right yeah. if the intent is to say i'm gonna go and I need to, I'm going to win this, right? Or I need, I need this money. I expect to win, yep. right? I expect to make a profit on my activity this evening. Um, that's problematic. Yeah. Right. And I would say even maybe a bit further, um, you know, because the idea of gambling is that the roll of the dice, the turn of the card, the flip of the coin, there's a sense, and I, I felt this, it's a sense of how do I say it? Not, not, not exaltation, but, but just, you know, just excitement, yeah. you know, the heart beating, the heart pounding, the excitement of, you know, it's all on the line and here we go. Let's see, you know, let's see what happens kind of thing. Um, and that, that rush that you get where you put your money down and, you know, if it wins, that's awesome. I mean, if, if you are setting aside money on a monthly basis, to go and get that feeling, to get yeah, the feeling of, yes, yes. of I could, I just could maybe, you know, uh, I think you might be, you might be feeding a feeling or feeding a sentiment that's yeah. not, that could be destructive, not God honoring. Yeah. It could end up being yes. uh, very destructive in, in a way there. So, no, I totally agree with that. Yeah. I think that's exactly right. And, and, you know, part of, part of the danger there is, you know, if you think that you're going to, you think you're going to win. You you think you're more clever, and you, and you get that rush, like you were saying. And that is easy to become addicted to. And if you think that you need that, um, or you think that you're you're somehow smarter or more clever, yeah. or you're going you're gonna to play the odds. You never win. Like, 
Well, that and like, are, well, over time you don't. Here's here's the risk, right? We are warned in Scripture not to put God to the test. Yeah. So if we come along and we say, you know what, um, God, you, I, I really need this one. God's got my back, and you know I'll be fine. Like that's just that's just not it, yeah. right? We do not put the. I remember to the there test. were times that I was actually praying for the certain dice to, to roll a, a certain, certain way. way. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And when you get to that point, I think your prayer is is that's not a that's not a holy prayer. Exactly. That's not a holy prayer. Now, um, another thing to keep in mind, and you mentioned it with the zero sum game aspect, is that gambling gambling does it does sever it separates the connection between work and profit, right? Because you know, we, or you, show, we you can see that scripture values uh, uh, honest work and particularly work of the hands. In fact, there's two passages that I want to read. Uh, they're not directly applicable because their their context is specific. Um, but I think the principles are still fair. So here is Ephesians chapter 4, verses 28. It says, Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Now, the context, of course, there is, uh, you know, Paul is, is explaining this is how you should live. And thieves obviously struggled with trying to get a quick buck but it was through stealing mm -hmm. so not gambling kind of going a little bit further and just i'm just going to take what doesn't belong to me uh out of a desire to have wealth and in this case he says okay you know thieves should should be doing honest work so that they can actually share with those in need and then i want to bring up just one more uh, passage here let me turn to it first thessalonians chapter four uh, let's see. Okay. I'll start in verse nine, uh, chapter four, verse nine. Now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another for that is in that indeed is what you are doing to all the brothers throughout Macedonia. But we urge you brothers to do this more and more and to inspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs and to work with your hands as we instructed you so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. Now, again, the context there uh, is avoiding dependence uh, and uh, walking, basically being a, a good witness or good testimony to uh, those around them. Uh, but, you know, Paul is still instructing the Thessalonians, work with your hands. You know, do honest work, live quietly, mind your own affairs, you know, in that way. So, again, Scripture seems to honor honest work with the hand and makes a connection between work and profit that yeah. gambling severs. And and I think the, so the point there is not like if you're an engineer mm -hmm. and you're out there hearing this, the point is not, you need to go become a plumber. No, no, yeah. no, no. That's no, not, and I know no. that's not your point, yeah. but like just to clarify, the, the, the point is the, the honesty in the work, right? Like there are some uh, goods and services in, in, in God's word that are, that are legitimate and good yeah. and, and honorable. And there are some uh, goods and services that are not, yeah. Um, and, you know, we we think about another a number of examples, um, but but in. Yeah, I would say that it, it doesn't necessarily mean you got to go uh, get get the hammer out and <laughs> be the one to, you know, but it does mean that we need to make sure that there's honesty and integrity in the work that that we're doing and yeah. in the, the services that we provide. Yeah. OK, so yeah. well, let's just say that, you know, hopefully that that answers that first question about can a Christian perhaps maybe you know, engage in that poker night or, or whatever, and what would be the, the wisdom in doing all that. But let's take it to one step further. Um, existence of casinos. Hmm. You know, A, 
you know, should should they be allowed to exist? Should Christians work at casinos or support casinos in some way, helping them? You know, maybe a, a server or or uh, even just a a person that that manages the tables or repairs the slot machines or anything like that. Like, how do we approach that aspect of things? What what would your thoughts be on that? Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. So here's here's where I fall, and I'm I'm not gonna. I, I'm not going to imbue this with a, you know, any kind of thus says the Lord or anything like that. That's yeah, just, I know. I'm, I'm open to pushback yeah. on this, but here, here's where I fall, right? Um, I would counsel against it. I would counsel okay. against working for a casino. Um, there are, like, I think, one, so it's one thing to have a poker night with friends. I think at scale, it's it can become much more socially destructive. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I, I give an example, like, uh, I, I, I would... In a heartbeat, love to see uh, us do away with a state-sponsored lottery. Now, that's the third level I was going to go to. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, we'll, yeah, so we'll, we'll get to that. But it's the same kind of concept, even even at uh, even in in the private sphere. I think yeah. um, where you, by private I mean the the the, um, uh, the private uh, economic domain, not yeah. the public domain, right? That's right. So, um, if someone were going to say uh, work at a casino. E- it's a bit like asking, would you be a janitor at a strip club? <laughs> it it yeah. kind of is like, well, now there's some difference. Yeah, there's some, yeah. There is some difference. But I it. see what you're saying. But but like analogously, right, the, the question is like at some point you want to – all right, take out the, the, the landmine examples. Just go with any example. You're an employee at a, at a facility. An employer has hired you to help them run their business at whatever level, mm-hmm. okay? I mean, if you're going to be an employee of that place, you probably want to have, like, thought through biblically. What like, do they do? What do they do? And what are the goods and services that they yeah. provide that I'm helping to facilitate? That's true. And, like, every Christian, I mean, everybody should think of that. Like, when you when you go and you just join an employer, you don't want to just, like, hitch your wagon to the first employer that's going to pay you It does buck. touch on being unequally yoked in that regard, too. In one sense. In, in one, one sense. sense, it does. So, so, like, I mean, you just, it's important to think through at a, at a more macro level, you want to be able, you want to be in good conscience when you work for any place. That's right. Okay. So I would start with that. Yeah. Now ask yourself, um, are the casino, is a casino uh, a net positive for society or for that economy? Mm. Now, I, I've heard some say yes, right? Bec- and the argument is, one of the arguments is, it ra- it can raise up a local economy. So there have been some who have said, you know, look, such and such an area was just really down and out. There was no activity. There were no stores. There were no restaurants. No restaurants. Then this casino comes in mm-hmm. and just revitalizes the area. And all of a sudden, a ton of people have jobs and a ton of people in da 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 da. Um, y- yeah, but <laughs> right. Yeah. So so like at the end of the day, is the casino, uh, how is it making its money, right? It, and ultimately, it's making its money by... Um, Appealing to... No, it, it, I, it, it, I hate to say fleecing people, but it, it is. It is fleecing it is. people. It is. And, and that's how it stays afloat. And so now... It's not a charity. It, it's not. Well, and, and a business should not necessarily be expected to be a charity, right? That's right. Um, but, but a casino, like what is the good or the service that it is providing except playing into and fueling covetousness, greed, 
materialism and, 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 and quick becoming wealthy quick uh, getting quick accumulation a, getting wealth. a quick buck right and, is it socially yeah. helpful now i don't know that like if if i were you know terrible terrifying thought if i were king for a day you know would i make a law against because see i i don't know that i maybe right i would think about it but probably if i if it were a kind of a kingly thing no i i, I might not but is it wise so like if if it were put to democratic vote I probably would vote against it. Yeah, yeah, and I see what you're saying, and and I think generally speaking, uh, uh, from at least my my own experience, I mean, the casinos do not listen. The people who 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 can't afford to be there are typically the people who are there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in all honesty, I mean, yes, there are the wealthy retired folks that just come there because they have nothing else to do with their money. Maybe I don't know, and 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 they just want to, you know they set aside some winnings to always to play. But generally speaking, like if you if your casino is having a bring your paycheck day, yeah, like like the one uh, casino in Las Vegas that I that I stayed at for a few days, um, that's a bad sign. Yeah. I mean, what that means is the casino is purposely trying to bring in the people that that can least afford to do so, right. can least afford to be there. Yeah, and it's playing on their desire to to acquire wealth quickly. And is that something that you want to hitch your wagon to? And it's not, and it, it really doesn't help a lot. So you say, well, well, yeah, but the casino does a lot of great things in the community. Well, right, but like it, it matters how you make your profit yeah. as a company. It yeah. really does. It like does. there are there are ways of of making pro like profit is not bad. Profit is not evil. Yeah. But there are ways of making profit that are full of integrity. Mm -hmm. And there are ways of making profit that don't. And actually, the Bible talks often about dishonest gain. Yes, exactly. Yeah, the ill-gotten gain is yes. is speak highly against in Scripture. Right. So I um, would just and, and again, I'm I'm not saying never, never, never. Can I imagine a situation where maybe I'm not saying that. So I, I you know I, I want to leave a little bit of a caveat there. But by and large, yeah, the the pattern seems to be. Um, you know, largely unhelpful. And then and for me, this brings me to the, the third level I want to talk about. I think this one is more clear-cut. Uh, government or state-sponsored lotteries. Yeah. I think, uh, and I'll just throw this out there, I'm very much against those because um, it, it is a purposeful taking advantage of the, of the people, yeah. and particularly the poor, yes. in order to, yes. uh, to for the government to gain money. I mean, I've heard it put this way. It's pretty disturbing, actually. When you buy into and i know people are gonna are gonna say well you know it's just a couple bucks and you know there's always that chance of winning yeah well i've heard that the chances of winning is equal to the chance of being killed by a coconut falling on your head i mean it's so slim it's 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 just statistically impossible yeah I was but just saying, obviously someone would be like well someone won someone yeah, won but... it's like okay all right fair enough let, let's talk through this for a second i've heard it put this way when you buy a lottery ticket let's say let's even say you win i mean that the money is getting the money the, there's three taxes that are going involved that are going that are going to the civil magistrate to the state in this you get taxed on your income first so you get taxed on your income now with what's left over you go buy a lottery ticket okay fair enough now obviously not all of the money in the lottery pool goes towards winnings right like you know the jackpot might be you know 500 million but you better believe that more than that amount of money has already been put into it. The government all, all, already has set aside maybe half for itself. And now the pot's $500 million, right? And then the winner, they get taxed. So the money has been taxed three times, essentially going into 
the whole thing. And, and, and the only one that really makes out ahead is the, is the state. Yeah. The government just rakes in the cash. And the people, generally speaking, who play the lottery are the ones who are least able to afford to do so. Why would the rich people, the wealthy, play the lottery? They don't need it. It's that, it's that appeal to the human desire to bypass work for wealth. Yeah, and dollar and dollar tickets just make it so accessible to, yeah. to the yeah. poor. Yeah, yeah. I, I've I've heard it said that uh, the 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 lottery is a, a tax on people who don't know statistics, um, because you're. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a tax. It like, is a tax, like you were saying. Yeah. Um. So, and and just you know, the government sponsoring that, and and it's funny, it's like, you know, the redistribution of wealth. People, it's, it's like our culture has like got this double mindedness to it. Like a part of the culture. Maybe more the pro, the pro, uh, you know, tax the tax the wealthy, give to the poor, Robin Hood mentality. The idea there is to redistribute uh, the the money from the wealthy and kind of kind of spread it out yeah. to the poor. But interestingly, state sponsored state sponsored lotteries do the exact opposite. Yeah. They they gather in from millions upon millions of people, typically poor, and then they give it all to one person. So they're doing the opposite. Mm. Of uh, of redistribution of wealth, they're redistributing it in a way that typically our government is actually against. Why does our government tax the rich more than the poor mm. to the attempt to redistribute wealth? But then why does the government have state sponsored lotteries which tax the poor and gives it and makes one person rich? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not not good. So, I mean, I think conceptually it's useful to distinguish types of risk taking. Yeah. Right. So we've talked about. Um, there, like you could say, well, I could walk outside and get hit by a bus tomorrow. You know, how's that different from gambling? You know, we've talked about some of the ways that mm-hmm. that risk can be legitimately divvied out. Yeah. Um, where it's most illegitimately divvied out tends to be in this zero sum context. Yes. We've also talked about, you know, consent. You know, what if somebody just says, look, yeah, but it's my money, and you know, I've I've worked hard for it. I've set aside this fifty bucks and you know a month or, or well, whatever. It's technically God's money. It is technically God's money. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. That's right. And the other thing is I, I don't know that like consent is the smoking gun that that it probably feels like to some. Like there are people who consent to things that God does not look favorably on. Mm-hmm. So like just because you consent to do something doesn't mean that oh, yeah, it's, that it's okay. I right? mean relationships outside of marriage, you know, and physical relationships outside of marriage. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's, does it make it right? Yeah, exactly. Well, and there's and there's lots of. I mean, that's that's one example. I mean, uh, I've heard one one uh, writer give the example of a duel, right? Mm. Who, where basically, like, you have two people who agree to duel to fight each other to the death to the death, right? And then yeah. there's consent, right? But in either case, I mean, it's still illegitimate. It's still murder yeah. uh, in a way. So, like, there are some goods and services that are provided by organizations that are. Um, God honoring, and there are some that are not. So, you know, at the casino level and at the state uh, sponsored uh, lottery level, I think, you know, it gets, if you start at the state sponsored level, it becomes clearer that it's problematic. And then, you know, you get a little bit more gradation towards, well, maybe as you go down to like the individual level who's, you know, getting together with some friends uh, for a poker night over five bucks. But in all cases, it's playing with fire. And I think that's kind of the, the, the point to keep in mind, right? Is like, if, if you're out there and you're listening to this and you are 
addicted to gambling. Honestly, one of the first steps is to admit that you may have an addiction. Because there are <laughs> yeah, people who are addicted to things that just do not think that they're addicted to it. But if you're, cha- but you gotta ask yourself like that feeling that Eric that you were talking about earlier, where it's like, oh, I I I love that rush when I win and I gotta get that back again, right? Mm-hmm. If that's what you're chasing, you might be addicted. Like that's something to yeah, that's something to get help on. And honestly, please reach out to us. We can put you in contact with organizations that um, that can help to uh, counsel you through some of those challenges. Um, yeah. But I just say, if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're addicted to it, admit that you're addicted, get help. It is not something that you want to blow your your money on. Um, you know, we want to honor God with the with the wealth that he has yeah. given to us. And I know we didn't touch on every single aspect, like no. sports sports betting. Is oh, a yeah. whole is a yeah. whole other... It's almost... I mean, it's another... I, again, people have made the arguments like, well, I'm doing research on the teams. I'm doing research on the players. Like, I know their statistics. I know there's all these algorithms that are going into it and so they would say they're making a a wise work-based investment by putting a thousand bucks on but as soon as like in my mind as soon as it's a zero-sum game and somebody wins at the expense of a loser it's no longer an investment i see what you're saying it's not like you're investing in the team yeah exactly buying stock you're not buying stock in the team and that's like in my mind that's a crucial distinction right because like if you're gonna go and like gambling is different than the stock market again people call the stock market gambling and i know what they mean and there is some legitimacy and and part of it depends on how you invest and how you use the well, stock yeah, if market. you just pick a random company yeah, exactly there are ways of of using the stock market such yeah. that it it is uh it in some ways like gambling um you know if you like certain kinds of unsecured debt right but but even if even if, like if you have a company and that company loses or or performs poorly it's not as if that it's not as if there's some winner on the other side of that transaction who is profiting from the loss of you. You might say the competition broadly in some broad sense, but even that, even that gain is is so broadly distributed. Assuming you don't have monopoly, right? Yeah. So, but apart from that, if you, if that equity now gains value, and, and you now have a stock that you bought for fifty and is worth sixty, well, that gain didn't come at someone else's expense. That's true. And and it and it was. Distributed among all the stockholders. And and here's the other thing. It was that gain happened on, let's assume for a minute that the company uh, service, the service or good the company provides is biblically legitimate. Okay, That gain came from the legitimate labor of the employees of that organization. A good service and a good product. Yeah. Or what's perceived to be a good product and a good service. And people who who embody kind of the work ethic of the verses you were bringing out. Yeah, you know, earlier in First Thessalonians and elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a good point that you bring up there. That's a good point. Um, So, uh, what I think we could do before we close is a proverb of the day. Proverb of the day. And haven't had one a little while. I've got one for you. Okay. If you are ready for this one. I am. Do I? Do I? You know what it is. I. You already know what it is. Do I? Okay. Because of the topic at hand. Ah. One we haven't covered yet. I know. Proverbs sixteen. 33. Uh-huh. The lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. Ah, interesting. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> casting lots. So it was fun. We were just talking about this briefly bef- uh, before the episode. Um, okay, let's talk about... So I'm going to touch on this proverb for just a minute. Let's talk about casting lots for a minute. Um, it might be tempting to draw a line from some of the rationality uh, that we've been 
you know, offering on, on gambling, some of the discussion in gambling, to the casting of lots, okay. as if it's somehow uh, gambling to, let's say, choose a leader, uh, it fell to Matthias or something like that, mm -hmm. right? Um, so I think, I do think there is a difference though. So casting lots mm -hmm. was an attempt to discern God's will. Mm -hmm. It was not to make money. Mm. So, so I think there is a conceptual distinction there. And you might say like, just because lots were cast in the old Testament yeah. and, and even in the new, like just because something happened, yeah. um, does not mean that it is to become normative for the church. Or that God was commanding it to happen. Right. Well, right? so you might say, you know, they, they cast lots to get Matthias or something like oh, that. Oh, after to replace Judas. Uh, to replace Judas, right? Yeah. Um, but but even there, just because that happened does not mean that it's something that's normative for the church. And here's uh -huh. here's how you tell. It's, so it's not that God's word has to say a thing multiple times for it to be true. It's that if you're going to put something on the conscious, conscience of the church, you want God's word to have said it enough times that you're 100% clear that it is normative or that it needs to be prescriptive rather than descriptive. Yes. Right? Yes. So now when we're talking about discerning the Lord's will, there are a number of passages that talk about ways to discern God's will. Mostly through the word. Right, right. And and, and they are not, um, they're not bound up with, with casting a lot. So uh, I'll give you an example. Um, Ephesians 5, 17. Okay. I'll just pull it up real, real quick here. Ephesians 5.17 reads, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Uh, right? So, like, we're encouraged to seek his will. And we can see another example, Romans uh, 12, 1 through 2. Um, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Um, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So by testing, right, by the renewal of our minds is how we how we come to discern the will of the Lord. Um, and elsewhere, you know, this is uh, this is the will of God, even your sanctification, Paul writes elsewhere. Uh, I don't remember the verse off top. But so th there are ways of discerning God's will, namely our sanctification, <laughs> that that are that are wrought through Scripture and not through the casting of lots. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's the context. So Proverbs 16.33, the law is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. At the end of the day, what this proverb is saying is, look, no matter what you do, or if you, no matter what happens, no matter what comes to pass, at the end of the day, not you could just as well say, not a sparrow falls without the Lord's sanction, mm -hmm. right? All of the hairs on your head are numbered. There's this notion of God's sovereign care over his creation, over humanity, specifically over his people uh, in Christ. So there, there is this notion that um, you can take comfort in the outcome, the lot is cast into the lap, whatever that outcome is, whatever the outcome is in life, at the end of the day, it is given from God. Mm -hmm. God is sovereign over that, and we can rest in that. Now, I know that there's all kinds of ethical questions to sort out at the margins, right? So, you know, what do you do with the Holocaust? Is God sovereign over that? Uh, what do you do with all these acts of evil? Um, there's, there's a lot to be said about that, and that's not this episode. But for God's people, his sovereign care is a comfort because what it's saying is 
whatever you're going through in your life, whatever has happened to you in your past is not beyond the reach of redemption. It's not beyond the reach of Christ's saving work. If you would but repent and trust in him, then there is forgiveness. There is mercy there. And even in that decision, in that, if you should come to Christ and, and believe the gospel, even that decision is from the Lord. It's a it's a gift, right? We have that that notion of of election in one sense when we're talking about God's people from God's sovereign care now even to deciding certain things, whether it be a sparrow falling or a person or believing a the gospel. So yes, a dice rolling, but remember elsewhere we read, um, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Yes. Right? So when when Jesus was invited to cast himself down by the devil himself, you know, Jesus said, Look, if I'm not going to if I if if I'm somehow promised gain by this that that and the way to get that gain is by putting God to the test by maybe rolling dice, I'm not gonna do it. Okay. Right? So um, we are not to put the Lord our God to the test. So um, that does not mean that uh, biblical examples of casting lots in an old covenant context, and even that one, you know, here that one time in uh, in, in a new covenant context, is illegitimate. Does mean it's not necessarily normative, and it would be more problematic than not for us to treat it as normative uh, as Christians today or or in the church. So that would be kind of where, where I think I would land on that. Um, at the end of the day, every decision is from the Lord. That's the point, whether it's the sparrow falling or a sinner saved by grace. And that is much cause for praise. Mm -hmm. All right. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. Uh, well, so this uh, has been an important topic mm -hmm. and uh, in some ways a very, very personal one uh, for for us. And uh, so if you're listening out there and, and you have uh, more thoughts Maybe some more questions, some pushback. We'd love to get those uh, that feedback so that we can, uh, you know, answer those questions well. Yeah, I want to be teachable on this. Yeah, right? yeah, Because yeah. if I if if I want to, it's better to be cautious. Right? Yeah, but so you gotta you gotta use be teachable on this. You gotta use scripture. Though. Yes, That's yes. Right, Do yeah. you use scripture? That's right. That's exactly right. So uh, again, you could email us at uh, at uh, the number two guys in the Bible dot podcast at gmail dot com or or go to our website at twoguysinabible.org and you can uh, you can send a message uh, to us there uh, which will randomly get sent to Dylan uh, <laughs> <laughs> it casts lots for us and sends it to Dylan so uh, again now I, we appreciate you uh, tuning in on this week's uh, this week's podcast hope it was a blessing uh, to you and uh, I guess we will see you all next time take care and God bless God bless